Well, welcome to the Brand and Associates podcast, Insurance Banter, where each week or each episode, we talk about uh, a topic that you can immediately turn around and implement in your business to make you a better insurance professional. And today's topic is actually going to be on uh, on professionalism and what it means to be a professional insurance agent. So, hey, Chris, how are you doing this this fine day? I am doing well. Beautiful sunny day here. How about you? Same thing. We're doing pretty well, all those storms rolling in. And so looks like we might be able to have, uh, you know, a white Christmas this oh, year. Wonderful. Yeah, we should mention we're recording this just a, a day or two before Christmas. Absolutely. Yeah. So wonderful time of year. Wonderful time of year. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hopefully the storm misses you and you'll have a, a safe, easy trip. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, but today's topic on, you know, what it means to be a a professional insurance agent. Um, I know you had an article come out about that. So what are you, what are you thinking on that topic in general? There's two parts to being a professional. Uh, One part is um, the standard of care that comes with it. And the other part is the dedication and the ethic ethics around being a professional, right? Um, And so Everybody always gets, we, you know, talk about the first part. Everybody always gets concerned because they go to these E&O classes and the instructors and the attorneys are like, don't be a professional. Don't be a professional. Oh, my God. If you say you're a professional, you're going to get sued every which way from Sunday. And, um, you know, the reason that they actually say that, Paul, is that, and they can't say this out loud, so I'm going to say it for them is that they've lost faith in the agents that are in their audience in the sense that they, they don't have any faith in th- that their audience will actually live up to the professional standards. So instead of saying you can be a professional and have le- low E&O exposures, but you have to live up to the standards, they just tell everybody because they don't think anybody will live up to the standards, don't be a professional, don't say you're a professional, don't advertise that you're a professional. Don't advertise that you're an expert. And um, it's the easier way out. But it's kind of a sad commentary, isn't it, that all of the attorneys and instructors and all just lost faith in their audience to even aspire to be a professional? I find that saddening. It, it really is. I think uh... – in in a part of my career, we I did a lot with uh, professional liability insurance. So you were working with a lot of professionals, the attorneys, the accountants, um, and like architects and engineers. And it was pretty easy in each one of those to really understand what the professional standards were. Um, you know, obviously with with law, you have the bar, you have a code of ethics. With accountants, you have the accounting standards that you do. Um, even architects and engineers, a lot of that stuff's uh, coded into, um, you know, each each state. So you say, here's here's the level of care, here's the standards that I have to meet. And in insurance, you know, we really don't have that in a lot of ways. You maybe have what the carrier underwriting guidelines are. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a a code of ethics through CPCU. But trying to meet a, a standard of care, there's not one that's um, industry-wide in a lot of ways. And maybe that's one of the struggles people could have. Yeah, there isn't. Um, 
there really isn't a standard per se industry-wide. And there's definitely state differences when you get into case law for sure. Um, so that's part of the struggle. But you know, I think a bigger part of the struggle is a dedication. Um, the definition of profession, I looked it up for the article, involves, um, there's a, one of the definitions says something to the effect of the um, dedication and uh, of time to a long course of education. And a long course of education um, means generally speaking something like a master's degree or a law degree or an engineering degree or, and then continuing education of some sin, real significance on an ongoing basis. I know I have to do continuing education for my um, business appraisers, certified business appraisers um, uh, designation. And it's pretty serious continuing education. It's not easy. Um, I'm not sure we have that in the insurance world. Um, I'm not sure that the state of continuing education qualifies for the uh, dedicated, significant, hard um, education that other professions possess. Um, I think that's one of the, the one of the very big differences. Do you, does does that make sense in your world? It, it does absolutely, and I think the while you could take that as as maybe a little bit of a downside that we don't have something that is so uh, uh, clear and concise to to say okay here's the minimum standard that you have to meet to be considered competent to be considered a professional. In that type of a world, it makes it hard to set yourself apart in a lot of ways from, from everybody else because they're kind of meeting that same yeah. level of care, so to speak. Where, where in insurance, if you're, if you're looking to those standard professions somewhere else and saying, hey, I'm going to strive for that level, you've set yourself apart in, by leaps and bounds with, with the competition that you face in this industry. Oh, man, that's a great point. You really do. And one of the secrets of E&O is that the true professional agents have the lowest E&O exposures. And the really good ones also have higher than normal sales. It's the best of both worlds because you're setting yourself so far apart, like you pointed out. And I think it's it's good for the clients, too, because, oh, yeah. you know, if you if you have that professional level that that care you're doing things in a consistent uh, systematic way you have um, expectations mm -hmm. that then your clients know what's coming know what you're going to do know that you're meeting those which I think that's in my mind when dealing with a professional you have some type of expectation that there is some type of systematic process that yeah. you're going to go through steps that are taken checklists that, that happened, that you worked through a process. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, I, you know, that's the number one reason to be a professional in my mind is because it's the right thing for your client. The more, it, the more you know about insurance, the more you know about the forms that you're selling, the more that you know how claims are adjudicated relative to the forms you're selling and how that process is going to work the better advice you can give your clients so that at the time 
they have a loss, the time that's one of the lowest points in their lives, you have provided a solution for them that an amateur would not have provided. That's the greatest reason in the world to be a professional. And I mean, yeah, that's absolutely. a calling. And that it's, and it, that it's, you know, that at, at, if in a, in a, any given scenario, you know, true professionals know what kind of the expectation would be and mm-hmm. what are the things that, that could happen. You get, you get caught by surprise. Mm-hmm. There's unique wrinkles, but in insurance, right. If, if, uh, if a claim happens, um, first of all, you got to know what the most common ones are to try to help your clients avoid them. And then when they do, I mean, you mentioned about claims, being able to advise your clients, not just to call a 1-800 number, you know, as, a, as an agent, you're not adjusting claims at all. You're not making decisions, but helping to advise your client on what to expect and understanding how that process should unfold so that you can see, hey, here's the legal environment where I'm working. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen? And if everything falls within normal parameters, you know, you just kind of are there as a sounding board. But if it starts falling outside of those normal parameters, being able to advise your client on what to do next, where to seek maybe some legal counsel or how to uh, respond to to a, a carrier when they make a, a certain claims decision on, hey, here's some questions that you should probably ask them type of a thing. Um, yeah, absolutely. That type of stuff really sets you apart. It does. And, and even um, I was working with a, a client that um, was greatly affected by the hurricanes down in the Gulf this year. And uh, we were talking about exactly your point. It's like, what's one of the things that maybe sets me apart is that I educate my clients on how to deal with a claim up front. There's not, they're not going to call a 1-800 number. They're going to, they're going to call me and I'm going to say, look, if an, if an adjuster calls, you need to actually have your voicemail working. And that sounds like a simple thing, right? But how many times do you call someone and their voicemail's full on their cell phone these days? And then that person gets really mad at the adjuster because the adjuster hasn't gotten back to them. Sometimes being a professional is just being there to provide small pieces of really important advice. Make sure your voicemail isn't full so when the adjuster calls you back, you know that they called you back and you're not waiting and getting angry and delaying the process from your own actions, right? It's lots of little things that add up. And to that point, right, some of the, like another profession, like a, a law firm, you know, it, you have to respond to a complaint within so many days. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just a simple, almost clerical item. Mm-hmm. But yet that's a professional uh, attorney would do that. And it's actually amazing how people that go through several years of education, go through a, uh, a pretty hefty licensing exam, get admitted to the bar, miss a clerical item like not filing before the statute of limitations has run out. Yeah, I think... Um there's a, a, a case that came up this week where a large insurance company missed something along those lines. And it looks like they're going to um, lose a lot of money because of it. Um, 
it's it's these little things that are almost clerical at times that really separate the professionals from the amateurs. And I hear a lot of agents, you know, they'll tell me, well, I don't want to be an amateur agent, but I don't want to be a professional. But it's a binary world. If you're not a professional, you're an amateur by definition. There's no there's no gray area here. Um, so everybody gets to choose. Do you want to be an amateur or do you want to be a professional? And knowing what you're doing and hitting the, the those standards of care of getting in touch with your clients in a timely manner, especially when a claim comes about or finding out, you know, one of the things I think is really important in our world today for a professional agent is calling or emailing or whatever the mode of communication is and saying, you know, we do have inflation today. Regardless of what some of the politicians are saying, we do have inflation today. And we are not sure whether um, the replacement cost that we have on your building is adequate given what's happened to rebuilding costs today. Would you like us to do a new replacement cost estimator on your buildings? There's no really, there's no requirement for an amateur agent to do that. But is it the right thing to do? I think it, you know, I think it is the right thing to at least make the offer. Because we know that a large portion of property is underinsured now because of um, the rebuilding costs, cost of lumber, future prices on lumber went up 30% again last week. So that's what a professional will do. They'll take care of their clients. Yeah. And then and the other story I always think about when you talk about professionalism and, and one of them is, is yet professional football. Um, mm -hmm. and, and Vince Lombardi, when he was coaching the green Bay Packers, you know, legendary coach, yeah. he'd start every year with uh, a speech that started something along the lines of gentlemen, this is a football and just getting to, to the very, going back to the very basics of, of what you're doing and walking through building step-by-step step, laying that foundation. And he's talking to guys that have been playing football for their entire life. They probably look at that and think, how stupid is that? That little tiny thing. But it's the, uh, like you say, just the consistency of doing the little things every time. That's what, uh, what you need to do. It really is. And one of the, you know, I, I think we, we, we owe it to the audience here to talk about something that uh, adds complexity in our world. Coverage checklist, like you mentioned earlier, is just one of the greatest services a professional agent provides their clients and it protects them on E&O. And consistency, like you mentioned earlier, is just incredibly valuable. Um, but a lot of people that join this industry um, join it. We always have the running joke, right, that no one ends up in insurance on purpose. It's, we're all here by accident. Um, and one of the reasons a lot of people end up in this industry by accident, I think, is because um, we have a lot of people, especially producers, that maybe have issues paying attention. They have, you know, some form of attention deficit disorder. And um, for, for folks like that, it can be kind of daunting to um, be very regimental in the process. And, uh, you know, but at the same time, it makes them at times, really good producers. 
and uh, sales world, that sales environment fits that personality really well in many ways because they get to jump around all the, all day long, every day. Um, so I think that, you know, one of the challenges for management in this industry is how to marry the reality of the personalities that accidentally end up here with the reality of what's required to be a professional agent. And I think we're going to see some uh, changes in the model, service model, where we have higher level account executives taking over more and more of their servicing to create that standardization and that care and attention to detail um, than the producer versus what the producers have historically been responsible for. And that's going to be an interesting, I was working with a client earlier this week and um, he made an interesting point. He said, you know what that means, Chris? He said, that means producers are going to get paid less going forward. I thought, yeah, I think you're right, you know. But I think that's the price of that accommodation that um, we're probably looking at in the very, very near future. So, Yeah, so if you're, uh, if you're a producer and you want to be a professional, right, so you don't, you don't lose out on that, I think it really does in my mind, boil down to what we talked about, that you have that, that education piece, not just mm-hmm. I studied and I got a license, but we've, we were licensed. So that lends itself to professionalism. And then there's the education and where we don't have the uh, traditional uh, you know, degree and things like that. And I don't think you can rely on just continuing ed your 20 hours every couple of years, but true wow. education and then there's the consistency, the checklists, and being able to have a process that you uh, that you follow, um, and it's a rigorous process. I think that's yeah. really where you're you're able to hit that that professionalism piece. Yeah, you nailed it, and that's the way to protect your income. If you're a producer listening to this going forward, it's a phenomenal way to protect your income stream. The people that might get hurt by it um, are the real amateurs, um, because you can't pay amateurs as much as you pay professionals in any other industry. No. And, and nobody shows up to watch an amateur for very long. You, (laughs) you walk out halfway through and that's where you start, start bleeding clients. Once they, once they realize the difference. Then they see the difference. You bleed clients for sure. So yeah, I think I, I hope everybody aspires to be a professional agent, a truly professional agent. Um, it's a lot more fun working with your clients. I know my clients that are true professionals just have more fun. Um, they really do. Uh, and when something goes wrong, the testimonials that they get from their clients as to how life-saving the right insurance was, I mean, they go to, you know, they go to bed at night feeling very, very good about their, what they've done. It's a great feeling. Very nice. Well, thank you, Chris. Appreciate the conversation as always. And I yeah. uh, hope that, that the listeners out there take us up and, and become more and better professionals because that, that helps to everybody when you look around and realize that you're in, a, in an industry that is professional. So with Absolutely. that, we'll look forward to talking to you next time. Paul, take care. Thank you very much. Okay. Bye-bye.